listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast in collaboration with Pharmacy Podcast Network is for independent pharmacists to learn about the state of the industry, innovative services and solutions, and the future of pharmacy. Join me, your host, Jason Calori, for conversations with pharmacists, Cardinal Health leaders, and industry experts sharing best practices, discussing industry trends, and showcasing Cardinal Health products and services. You can subscribe to the Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast. I'm your host, Jason Calori, and today we are back celebrating National Pharmacists Month here in the great fall month of October 2022. Plus, we just celebrated National Women Pharmacists Day on October 12th, celebrating the evolution of women's role in U.S. pharmacy practice. Now, pharmacy as a profession is one of the oldest in recorded history. In fact, the date of National Women Pharmacists Day was chosen because Elizabeth Gooking Greenleaf, the recognized first female pharmacist in the United States, had 12 children. So October 12th, that's right. October isn't just for pumpkin spice lattes anymore. So just want to get that out of the way. Uh, Today, we have a special guest to talk about the evolutionary role of women in pharmacy, Jana Bennett, a medicine shop owner in Sherman, Texas, who has transformed her business from a traditional retail pharmacy to a patient care destination in her community. Jana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Uh, So Sherman, Texas, uh, Medicine Shop. Tell us a little bit about your background, um, how long you've been practicing pharmacy, and kind of, you know, where how your career began and uh, where it is now. Sure. Um, So I've been a pharmacist for almost 30 years. Uh, My husband and I purchased our first medicine shop about 19 years ago, which is the store that I currently own. Um, I'd worked for a couple of chains before in an independent and really just wanted my own store and I kind of got a lucky break. I went to work for my childhood pharmacist who owned the medicine shop in Sherman at the time, and he was ready to move on to something else. And so he sold to another um, local owner and I worked under him for about seven years and then got a chance to buy the store. And um, it's been great. It's been really interesting. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of challenges along the way, um, but I'm, I've enjoyed it. So since, so since that time, obviously role in women in pharmacy have changed, but just pharmacy in general and the practice have changed. Now, we have a little bit of a history. We, we've worked together at RBC a few times. Um, and I remember when you were on stage, I think the last time, and I think it was San Diego, correct? Was it San Diego? Yes. Yeah. So that was a great RBC, by the way. But in San Diego, yeah, you were you were on stage and you were really talking about your role in point of care testing and how that's evolved a little bit. Um, how is that going now? Has it evolved even more since uh, since back in 20, what was that, 2018, 2019, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it has. And, you know, when we first started with point of care testing, it was so foreign. I remember it feeling like when we started immunizing, you know, it was it was like, what are we doing? How do we do it? You know, is this our mm-hmm. place? And um, now that seems like, oh, my gosh, of course, it's our place. You know, we're we're the most accessible. Um, we we do a lot of strep and flu. Um, we do. We've kind of moved into um, cholesterol um, A1C, 
We do some COVID antibody testing. We haven't really done any COVID testing, which I know a lot of pharmacies have. Um, I've just kind of resisted my my staff, I have a lot of older pharmacists and they just really weren't comfortable with the exposure um, to the testing portion mm-hmm. of COVID. And so we've kind of steered away from that, but we've done a lot of antibody testing, especially, um, you know, as things have progressed through COVID and people have been sort of resistant. Some people have been resistant to vaccines, as you know, and sometimes if you can get them in and test their antibodies and show them that, hey, you don't have any protection here, you know, maybe you should consider getting vaccinated. So it's been a good tool, been a good education, educational process for us and for our patients. So currently, roughly, let's say roughly, women make up about 75% of the workforce in pharmacy. Uh, If you go back, you know, doing some research, if you go back about 60 years ago, the number was about eight or 10%, something crazy. Um, So women in general have made amazing strides in, in pharmacy with over, you know, half of a lot of, uh, farm pharmacy graduates being women. Um, how does that, you know, where does that resonate with you personally? Do you, is it something you think on and, and is it something that you've seen as your career has gone forward with, uh, more women coming into the uh, practice? It's interesting. You know, I remember when I first got out of school and patients coming in and saying, you know, I want to speak to the pharmacist. I'm like, that's me, you know, and they're like, oh, oh, sorry. Okay. You know, it it was not that common. Um, And now it's, and, you know, I guess I've been so fortunate in um, the relationships that I've had throughout my career, you know, all of the, the male pharmacists that I have interacted with have been so wonderful. Like they, they never made me feel like I did not belong. Um, so that's a big credit to them. I think But you know, I always felt an equal at the table in any kind of meeting or conversation. Um, and I think that's on them making me feel comfortable. And I think, I don't know if it's just such a good, good group of men that are pharmacists. They're just, they're just so good. Um, but in, at the same time, you know, within my local community, it's mainly women pharmacists. And so like all of the other owners that are near me, they're all women. And so, you know, we have a group chat, you know, if we're struggling with something, you know, we're reaching out to our girlfriends who happen to be pharmacy owners. Um, So it's, it's really good. It's, it's, um, it's nice to have a a group that you can communicate with that are going through the same thing that you're going through. You know um, it's, it's been good. Have you ever had a a woman pharmacist, a, a, a female pharmacy colleague that you've looked up to that ha- that has taught you a lot about, uh, I guess, kind of your uh, your future, you know, endeavors and, and and kind of what you what you saw yourself as uh, being more of a hands on pharmacist. Oh yeah, I mean, lots. Even just through the women in pharmacy with Cardinal, you know, I've met so many so many women who are just so bright and so um, ambitious and like really, um, kind of think outside the box and, you know, being able to look up to them and, and pick up the phone and call them or email them and say, Hey, you know, I remember you talking about this. How did you do this? How did you get started? You know, with point of care testing or, you know, what I remember when COVID, when the vaccines first came out, um, we were in like week two of the 
launch of the vaccine. And mm-hmm. I remember another woman pharmacist calling me who was getting it the same week I was, you know, neither of us had any clue what to do. And she was like, what are you <laughs> going to do? And I was like, I don't know, what are you going to do? And we just figured it out. I mean, that's what you have had to do really through my whole career is you look to people who have gone before you or, or her at least walking right beside you. And you just talk it out. You know, there, a lot of times there's not a playbook. There's not, um, <sighs> anywhere to look except to another person who's been through it or who's walking through it um, to figure it out. So that's been really eye-opening for sure. Has there been any uh, instances? So during COVID, obviously we've talked about this in the past, but you know, in in past episodes, how, you know, a lot of things change uh, during the the time of COVID. Is there anything in particular that sticks out to you about, about that time, especially, you know, being a woman pharmacist and, talking to folks and, and, uh, kind of giving them guidance? Well, yeah, I remember, you know, when, when it first, when we first started, um, you know, there was so much confusion. Um, you know, we shut down everything so fast. Um, I remember we, we shut down our lobby in the middle of a day of the day on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. things were changing so fast. Like we didn't even know. I mean, when I got up that morning, I didn't know that's what I was going to do. But it's like something happened and that was like, okay, we got to shut down the lobby and people were panicking, you know, Um, then as we got a little further in, well, I remember even in the very beginning, you know, there was this rush to, oh, I want 90 days of everything, you know, and it was like, wait, 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 you know, we can't do this, you know, there's only so much so much in the pipeline and we all have to kind of help our neighbors, you know, if I give you 90 days, well, then Mrs. Jones over here isn't going to get any. And so we kind of had to calm people down, even though we were panicking ourselves, you know, it was kind of like, okay, we got to be calm. You know, people are looking to us to be the leaders and to, you know, kind of show the way to go, even though we don't know what the way is. And I remember when the vaccine first came out and there was such a, you know, panic And we were trying to get on social media to get ahead of it and, you know, make it organized. And I Mm -hmm. remember, you know, telling the people in my community, hey, you know, the people that were in charge of the toilet paper, they're not in charge of the vaccine. This is not (laughs) going to be a run on the vaccine. You know, we are going to be organized and this is how it's going to go. And I think once you kind of take charge of the situation, it got so much better because it was, I think at one point I just had to say, okay, I'm the authority today. (laughs) I have to be because there isn't anybody else that's going to step in. Nobody else in town has the vaccine. And so I'm going to have to be like, okay, whatever I say goes, which is not my personality at all, but it's how it had to be. You had to be the mom, you know, you had to be the mom of the people in the, in that moment and be like, okay, you know, this, this is going to be okay, but not if you all panic and, you know, don't use your head. So that was pretty um, eye-opening. I think ever since then, I have not been near as afraid just to take charge, you know, and say, this is how it's going to be. You know, even with my staff, you know, we are going to wear masks. We're going to wear masks till this date, and then we're going to take them off. And don't question me, you know, and, and that was so out of my character. But I think it, this has been a good learning experience for me. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, tough times, tough situations. And I think not only did pharmacy evolve, but, you know, some of us, you know, evolved as, as you know, humans as well, because yes. we, we had to adapt. We had to kind of deal with a different way of living, a different way of thinking, different way. Have, has, um, 
you know, we, we're t- I, we, I talked a little bit about your, maybe your mentors and, and folks that you have looked up to. Um, have there any been any fellow female pharmacists that have come to you looking for guidance? Yeah, I mean, and that's the cool thing is that when you, I feel it as when I got old enough that I was now one of the older pharmacists. And yeah, if that's pretty cool when like a younger owner or someone who wants to be an owner mm-hmm. says, hey, can I pick your brain about this? And then it's like, oh my gosh, yes. What, how can I help you? You know, you want to pay it forward. You know, the people that helped you, you want to be the same to the next generation. In fact, um, the pharmacist who bought our our other store three years ago, um, she's quite a bit younger than I am. And she is so great. And, you know, she, anytime she asks me something, I feel so honored because I'm like, you know, these younger pharmacists, they, I feel like they have so much more clinical knowledge than I have. Um, and so then when they ask me a question about something that's maybe business related, I'm like so flattered. It's like, oh yes, you know, <laughs> let me help you. I may not understand all the clinical stuff anymore because I'm like moving on. Um, I'm more about the business part. And so that's really fun to be able to pass it along and, and help the next, the next group of women be even better owners than we were, you know, and, and, and not consider selling to a chain, you know, you got to keep it all in the family. And so I think the way you do that is you share all the knowledge that you have um, to make that easier for them. Yeah, that's an interesting point as far as building up your, your family, building up your, your uh, staff and kind of passing that along and keeping, you know, the, uh, <laughs> as you said, kind of keeping it in the family and keeping it away from the chains. Um, yeah. As far as the evolution of your role, as kind of we alluded to in the beginning of the of the podcast, uh, how have you seen not just your role, but the role of other women involve uh, evolve over over the last and not just the last you know few years with COVID and everything else? Because as you mentioned, you saw yourself step up and manage and kind of lay the hammer down and you know not get afraid to do that. Um, how how else have you seen with uh, peers and colleagues? Have you seen uh, those roles also evolve? Well, I think women have really just kind of taken the lead um, with all of the clinical services. I mean, you look at Kathy Campbell and things that she's doing and mm-hmm. Beverly up in Washington. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like they are like blazing the trail and they're leading the pack. And it's um, it's really cool. Like, um, I don't see anybody smarter than them. You know, they yeah. are really um, just um, changing things, shaking it up and, you know, really making strides toward where the profession needs to go, you know, more of a clinical patient care oriented, um, situation. And I think that's really encouraging, especially I'm sure to younger pharmacists, you know, just coming out of school, they're looking at, at those ladies and being like, wow, you know, this is, this is going to be a great career. Yeah. So yeah, whenever I see you at uh, RBC, usually you're kind of hanging out in that, in that group, you're hanging out with Kathy and Beverly. And I can only imagine the ideas that you guys are sharing. Um, Can you give us an example of one great idea that you guys had maybe shared amongst each other that has worked across all of your pharmacies? Well, they're so far ahead of me, first of all. I mean, you know, Beverly with all of her immunizations, you know, I've kind of tried to follow that a little bit, not near to the extent that she has, but just seeing that she's done it, it's like, okay, you know, surely I can do a little bit more than I'm doing just based on the 
tons of stuff she does. And Kathy, you know, with the weight loss stuff, um, I, I haven't even ventured into that realm yet because I'm just, I have, I don't know, I have so many other little projects going, but just to know if I get ready to do that, I know exactly who to call and like exactly <laughs> who to like, you know, take her class and be like, okay, I'm ready now. I'm not there yet. But if I, if I ever get there, I know that she just is amazing, you know? So you, so you've been building up, as you said, you're a little bit of your immunization uh, role at the pharmacy. What, what other things that you saw come out of COVID or uh, whether it be an idea from a, uh, another colleague, what, what other ventures within your pharmacy that you just mentioned, are you looking towards uh, kind of launching at your pharmacy? Um, well, right now we're kind of working on compliance packaging. You know, we kind of saw that um, during COVID as an opportunity um, to make things easier for patients um, and to help with their adherence. You know, they weren't seeing the doctor as often and it seemed like a good place for us to kind of step in and be like, hey, you know, let's help you get your medication taken at the right time of day and let's make sure you're taking it all the time. So we, we ended up buying a robot and we're working on kind of expanding our compliance packaging um, offering to our patients. And it takes a while to grow that. And so mm -hmm. trying to be patient with it, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a no brainer for patients. Like we don't even charge for it. We just, we package you, we get you going and of course it helps us with adherence. Um, haven't really seen it impact our DIR fees yet, but you know, in theory it, it could. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that we're working on. And then of course, just, you know, we moved to using a scheduler for vaccines and for point of care testing. And, and we still take walk-ins too, but having that available um, really, I didn't, I didn't um, anticipate how it was going to work at first. I just, we used it for COVID vaccines. Um, but once that was kind of calmed down, we put it out on our website and we get people all the time that have never been to our pharmacy before because they see that scheduler, they make an appointment for a shingles vaccine or for a strep test or for a lipid test. Um, so it's kind of a way that we can capture more of the market. And I never saw the scheduler as something that would do that, but that's how it's evolving. And that's really great because everybody wants to do everything online. Nobody even wants to pick up the phone and call you. If they can do it all online and show up at your door and you're ready for them, that's that's what they want. Yeah, that's an interesting point. How have you seen technology you know, really change the landscape of pharmacy? Not just recently, but the the evolution of it from even from 10 years ago to now. Do you think you think COVID and, and and that time kind of fast forwarded everything a little bit? I think it did, but I can even remember way back in the beginning when I first bought my store, I was like, I will never have an IVR ever. That mm -hmm. is so impersonal. My patients were like, well, it was a year and I got an IVR and I was like, my patients loved it. They were like, oh my gosh, I can call <laughs> in in the middle of the night and order my prescription. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm dumb. I didn't, I didn't see that coming, but you know, you have to be willing, you have to be so willing to change and so willing to listen to other people um, and find out what they're doing in their stores. And technology is no different, you know, um, moving to a new pharmacy system is so painful, but you know, at some point we realized, and, and we've done it several times over the years, but you know, 
when the, the system you have just isn't meeting your needs, can't do the clinical stuff, you got to move on. And it's yeah. terribly painful, but you have to be willing to do it or you're just, you're going to just fade away. So interestingly enough, I, um, I spoke to a fellow pharmacist. I don't know if you know her. Her name is Sherry Schmidt. And she was on one of our yeah. first podcasts. Uh, she was talking about, she, she told a really interesting story. I kind of wanted to get your perspective and also to see if you had a story similar. She, uh, she had told me that she um, was filling a prescription for a, a patient, obviously, but I think the patient was a child and she hadn't remembered or she was unsure because it was a very busy day if the dose was correct or if she had filled that properly. And she went to bed and she, uh, she literally couldn't sleep the entire night because she was thinking on it and wasn't sure. So she literally went back to that pharmacy about 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning to check all of her records to make sure everything was okay before she had to call uh, that patient and, and kind of you know, fix everything. So I'm just wondering, stories like that um, and the caring of pharmacists and not just all pharmacists, but women in pharmacy in particular, would it... Are there stories like that that, you know, <laughs> that keep you up at night or situations that you just, uh, you know, that just never leave you? Yeah, there are. I mean, um, we do a lot of compounding. And so, yeah, that's story. I have done that many times and had to go back up. In fact, early on, I think that's what really drove me to work on our, to get our workflow such that I didn't have those sleepless nights, like doing everything the same way every time. So that there's no doubt at the end of the day that you, you did it right, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that's once I kind of got my head wrapped around workflow and how, how that impacts you, that made a big difference. Um, because yeah, that, that is a terrible feeling when you wake up and you're like, Oh my gosh, did I calculate that? Right. Did I compound that? Right. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And, and when you realize that you didn't, and then you have to call that mom and be like, Hey, how many doses have you given? You know? Okay. Here's what, you know, and you have to always be honest. I, I mean, there's that you want to like somehow not have to tell the story the way it really is, but you, you always have to, I mean, cause you want to, you don't want to be like, Oh my God, I did the math wrong. Um, yeah. but I think if you're honest with people, um, it's always best, you know, just admit it. And, and I've tried to kind of instill that in my staff too, you know, we all make mistakes. Um, but you know, we have to get to the root of what happened in order to fix it so that it doesn't happen again. And once you kind of create that culture of, you know, you're okay. You can always tell me, tell me the truth. Um, you know, there's not going to be repercussions as far as, um, you know, I'm not going to yell at you if you did something wrong, but I need you to be honest and always tell me as soon as, as soon as you think something's going south, let's fix it. Um, you know, cause that culture is so important. And I think being, um, a woman pharmacist, maybe we're more sensitive to the fact that, um, the way people feel around you at work really, really impacts the kind of job that they do. And same thing with your patients. You know, we have a, a sign in our pharmacy that says kindness matters that people see as soon as they walk in. And so um, we've had a few pharmacists that we've gotten from the chains, you know, or that work really for us. And they're like, you know, nobody ever yells at you in here. I'm like, no, patients walk in and they don't get the vibe that this is somewhere where you can yell, you know, I mean, not that they haven't ever, but that is, that would not, 
almost never happen in our store because they know that that's not the kind of people we are, that we just, we will solve the problem without getting upset. So I, I think it's, that's one thing that I have really enjoyed is being able to kind of set, set my own vibe in my place. I, I, I love every word you just said that, uh, that, that got, that gave me all the feels, John, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that it's that ability to be it's that ability to be empathetic, you know, that I think is it's extremely important because you know, you you have those experiences with with chains and some of the, you know, as I like to call them, fast food pharmacies where <laughs> you kind of go in, yeah. you want to get anything and leave, and and the the feeling and the vibe is just very impersonal. So I think what you said is extremely important. Um everybody, you know, all pharmacists, obviously you guys care about all your patients. Uh, you care about each and every one of them, but there's always that one or two patients that are that, that stand out to you, uh, whether it be a child, whether it be a family that you've uh, that you've taken care of, um, you know, for almost your whole career or maybe your whole career. Do you do you have one of those examples you could share with us? Oh yeah, I have so many. You know, um, I have this one the low man, for lack of a better term. He's like <laughs> he's about ninety five. Yeah. And, um, he is just so cute. And he, <laughs> he, he takes about five or 10 medications. You know, he, we've got him synced. He gets him. He always gets them on time. Mm. Um, well, so during coat, he always comes inside, never uses the drive-through, never uses delivery. Um, and I honestly think we're like his only connection, you know, during the month. So I remember during COVID he, um, he came through the drive-through and he was just, distraught because he couldn't come in. You know, we, our lobby was locked down and, and he was like, I don't think I'm going to survive this. You know, I, I'm just not going to make it. I'm going to die before this is over. And I was like, no, you're not, you know, this mm -hmm. is, this is going to pass. Think of all the things you've seen in your lifetime. You know, you're 90 something years old. This is going to pass. You're going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, you know, we get through it and every October he comes and he brings me his stack of whatever his part D plan is. He brings me all the stack of mail he's gotten throughout the year. And he's like, would you look at this and get see what plan I need for the next year? Well, he never changes plans. He always just wants me to tell him that this plan is okay. You can stay in this plan, you know, but sure enough, this past week he came, comes in with his stack. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, how are you? You know, I told you we were going to get through COVID and here you are standing in the lobby, bringing me all your papers. And he was like, you know what? You were right. He said, but I didn't think I was going to make it. And I was like, well, see, you know, you did your birthday's next week. You're going to be 96. It's all good. And so, you know, those are the kind of people that just like make your whole year because, yeah, you yeah. know, they, they really appreciate you. And I mean, and of course I appreciate him, but it's like, you know, he doesn't have a lot of contact with people. And so you want when he comes into the pharmacy that everybody says hello and everybody knows him. And, you know, and he's I mean, he's been coming there ever since I started working there, you know, 29 years ago or 19 years ago, whatever it was. Um, yeah. So that's amazing. That's a really incredible. I, again, that just goes back to what I said earlier about how, you know, you get that experience at a at an independent, which is just incredibly important, I think, especially in today's healthcare landscape. A um, couple more questions for you. Let, let's just go back real quick, because I just want to get your perspective. And I just like to ask everybody that why did you become a pharmacist? You know, I, I really wanted to help people. Um, I didn't want to touch people. 
which sounds so <laughs> terrible, <laughs> but like, that's why I didn't want to be a nurse or a doctor. I was like, I don't want to touch people. I just want to, I just want to help them. And here I am giving a gazillion shots, you know, swabbing their that, throat. Yeah. And, and that's something we talked about when, when you presented at RBC, <laughs> how you were just like terrified to do it yeah. in, the, in the beginning. But uh, yeah, I mean, your role has definitely evolved. <laughs> Yeah, it has. And it's all good. You know, it's once you get more comfortable with people and, and you, you kind of realize, you know, I'd hate for you to have to go sit at the doctor for an hour and wait and get this done. You know, let me just do it here. You know, let me just yeah. give you your flu shot or let me just swab you. I think you have strep, you know, and it just you you get there. But I definitely wasn't there in the beginning. So uh, so last question here, what what is something that that you've that you've learned personally that you that you've taken away as your as you've become a pharmacy owner you know from the beginning until now and and what is what is maybe a little bit of advice that you can you know pass on to some other uh, possible female pharmacy uh, owners uh, you know maybe listening to this podcast or are thinking about owning a pharmacy in the future. Um. I would say to just always be curious about what what can be done, what you can do differently. Um, you know, always be willing to listen. I, I think when I go um, to meetings or when I go to RBC, is I just want to listen because there's so much you can learn from other people. You don't have to reinvent the wheel most of the time. Sometimes you do, but for the most part, you don't. And if you just listen to other people, and it's so amazing um in pharmacy every everybody is willing to help you um you know we're not competitors i mean it's i would think it would be extremely rare for you to be in another town close enough to another pharmacy to actually be a competitor i mean we know the chains are not our competition it's other independents but independents are who will be always willing to share what they've done because at least me anyway, I don't want anybody to have to go through struggles that I had to go through. If I can save you, you know, an hour or a thousand dollars by telling you how I did it, I am more than willing to do that. And I think you'll find that um, people who are just starting out, you may not think it's that way, but I promise you that's how it is. You can ask any independent in this country and they will help you because they have been there and somebody helped them to get to where they are. And so I think we're all always willing to pay it forward. So don't ever be afraid to ask because we're, we're full of knowledge or we're full of something. Most of the time we're full of knowledge. So we'll be glad to pass it on to you. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, and with that, uh, I think that's going to wrap up this, uh, this amazing podcast. So John, I want to, I wanted to really thank you. Where, where could people maybe reach out to you? Uh, maybe ask you questions if they had any and uh, where, tell us a little bit more about your pharmacy, where to find you. Um, you can always call me at the store. Um, we're Medicine Shop 708. So our email is 0708 at medicineshop.com. Uh, we're in Sherman, Texas. You can always just give us a holler. Be glad to help you. Yeah, and if you guys are interested, uh, Cardinal Health actually has a really good resources or some good resources for women getting into pharmacy or women that are into pharmacy. So you be sure to check that out on our website. Uh, again, Jan, I want to thank you for coming on the Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast to have this uh, really fun episode. I love the stories. And I think, uh, you know, pharmacy, National Pharmacist Month is a great way to talk about it, especially uh, women in pharmacy. So thank you so much for being a part of it. And everybody listening, thanks for, uh, for sharing and, 
and uh, and listening to this podcast. And you know, be sure to subscribe, do all the things you need to do to keep listening to these uh, Cardinal Health Council Talk podcasts. And we'll see you uh, real soon on our next episode. Take care. <laughs>